you can record on your PC and you can record uh, uh, on cloud as well. Okay. Just a second, eight, eight minute, eight minute. All right, so I'm not in my usual uh, setting, so uh, I'm not very comfortable in turning on the camera. I've actually traveled somewhere else. So, okay, nevertheless. Uh, so Bilal, I, I think you went through the chat yesterday. Yes, I went through the chat. Oh, sir, I actually muted my mic. Okay. So, okay. So I would I would begin the discussion. Okay. The the topic was a bit of a cliche, to be honest. <laughs> the topic was Muslim history, theological centrality in a fallible society. Okay. So, what I what I meant by that is that uh, first of all, when we talk about Muslim history. We need to define the word Muslim, right? So Muslim literally, of course, uh, as you all know, uh, means the one who submits to the will of God. And when we when we talk about uh, Muslim history, we should, uh, first of all, not be focused on the Muslims that we know as Muslims. You know, by that I mean that even before uh, the 6th century, even before the 7th century, there were Muslims, that is people who followed other prophets, right? Muslims, the first man on earth was a Muslim. So, from a, from a, from a cosmological perspective, uh, humans uh, have been created as a being which is, in a way, potentially superior to the angels, right? And the reason for that is that of their because of their ability to understand and comprehend the truth, and then they have the, the free will to act accordingly or to not do so, right? And uh, of course, Adam was uh, the Adam Islam was the first human, and then the age of trial and tribulation the age of uh, the age of the battle between persons self consciousness of what is right and wrong began uh, when his when one of his sons murdered uh, one of his brothers right and ever since that time there has been countless numbers of prophets that have come on this planet uh, in every age in every time for every locality Right, and they have come to basically uh, bring people back to the right path. Right, 
this brings us to the old discussion to the old topic that we often have in this group which is the discussion of reason versus revelation you know the philo- the greek philosophers such as socrates and plato and aristotle they argued in a way that we don't need revelation uh because the human senses and human rationality is sufficient to find truth and meaning without the need of uh, divine guidance as such now this might not be their conclusion but this was certainly the conclusion of people who interpreted uh those sort of the, the people who inherited the greek philosophy right but we know that most people are irrational right even like i am a student of economics and there is this new branch of economics called behavioral economics right and this is a radically new subject uh in the way that it changes the perspective of what human beings are you know in classical economics the concept was that human beings are rational beings and they make rational decisions uh one that maximizes their economic well-being but behavioral economics ek badi badi mashhoor kitab hai thinking fast and slow by daniel kahneman uh he is the nobel prize winner as well so dan uh, so daniel kahneman uh, along with his colleagues they argue that humans are actually not rational at all you know even when it comes to like non religious this uh, non religious uh, decisions they are not rational at all they are extremely many easily manipulated and governed by their emotions and by their biases and by their experiences so the human intellect and the human limit for reasoning is limited and obstructed by the natural boundaries that a human is bound to you know his experience his circumstances his inclinations right so it is actually uh, in a way necessary to have guidance from beyond this world and that is why the prophets ha- have come to this world and you know uh, different prophets have slightly different aims you know someone was sent purely to fight against uh, to preach against polytheism and establish monotheism some prophets were sent for some specific kind of vice and evil that the societies used to do and because these prophets came over different times in different places after they died their uh, teachings were manipulated and distorted and then that's how some of the religions came about right whether that's judaism whether that's christianity and uh, you know there are scholars which argue that uh, the hindu figures such as krishna and ram fair and might potentially be prophets whose teachings were distorted okay and there are some people who argue that buddha was actually khidr uh, in the story of musa in surah kahf so these these are anyway these are there's some speculation to this discussion anyway so the point is this all this led to a clash of civilization by the time uh, prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam came about with his religion and he kind of his his prophethood was like a seal of prophethood and all other religions and all other scriptures got abrogated by the quran and the sunna and the people who adopted these teachings were known as the muslims who were the sahaba at their time and then they started a new dynasty a new civilization you know which kind of began with the prophet's state in medina and then it expanded to the khilafat e rashidun by the four caliphs 
and then the Umayyad Khalif, and then the, the, the stuff goes on. So the discussion today should be focused on uh, our thoughts on this entire, how different civilizations clash, how different uh, civilizations emerge in the first place, how dynasties are formed, how they're destroyed, the cycles of fall and rise of civilizations and their characteristics. So yeah, uh, Bilal, I would like you to uh, add to this. Okay, so I think uh, I gave a very brief introduction to this topic. Mm, as far as my views Can are concerned, a bit louder. Nah, I think Abdullah gave a very brief introduction to this topic. Now, as far as my views are concerned, um, I think I can talk more precisely about the rise and fall of uh, various civilizations. And, and in fact, more than civilizations, I would say rise and fall of various dynasties, empires, or kingdoms, simply in that regard. So <clears throat> it's one of those things that I'm quite comfortable talking about because uh, even though I haven't totally read everything, but I've read plenty to understand why certain things happen and why certain things do not happen. There's this famous book by uh, 14th century, I think. Yeah, 14th century uh, historiographer who goes by the name Ibn Khaldun. Uh, the book is named Al-Faddima. Yes. And it's, it's, it's a very right. famous, it's one of his very famous works, which uh, talks about the idea of his historiography and talks about the idea of civilization at the first place. So uh, I would recommend everyone to have that book. Uh, you know, I think I got myself a copy recently and I've been reading it in a short time. So I think uh, you should be a slightly louder, Bilal. Okay, so sorry, sorry. Uh, I think I got myself a copy recently and I'll probably read it and uh, I'll try to bring it into this club. Huh. So that one important thing that he mentioned in that book was that it takes about 150 years and this is something that we previously discussed as well in, in the reading club that it takes about 150 years for a civilization or for a dynasty to rise and perhaps the same amount of time for its fall as well. So, <clears throat> If we take a look at the various Muslim empires, you know, if we categorize them, like we go with the Khilafat Rashida at first, then the Umayyad uh, dynasty, then the Abbasid dynasty, then the then the various dynasties that came into existence, and finally the Ottomans, etc., etc. So uh, one thing that always remains common is uh, a reason for a certain revolution. Like after the Khilafat Rashida, you can say a re the, the, there was always a reason for someone to take. Uh, you know, to take guard and to take leadership of the Muslim community and to fix the political matters of the Muslim community. Okay, so if, even if we start with the Umayyad Empire, the main reason for its start was uh, to bring the civil wars between the Muslims to an end. The peace treaty between Hazrat uh, Hassan Razilahwan and Hazrat uh, Amir Muawiyah was for the same cause that, you know, we have to bring all of these civil wars to an end and to strengthen the empire because if we continue fighting this way, the empire might lose all of its territories and because we have a lot of enemies already we've just defeated the persians and the byzantines and they are looking for a chance to regain back their territories so that important thing for us is to bring all of these wars to an end and that is what hassan Rizalawan agreed to he gave his right or he gave the rulership to muawiyah and he returned back to medina from kufa this is where the umayyad dynasty started it had plenty of hiccups in between the, the second civil war after the ascension of Yazid to the throne. And then um, uh, the third, in fact, the second civil war continued that way. And then finally it ended with the martyrdom of uh, Abdullah ibn Zubayr after which the Umayyad Caliphate was reinstalled and it continued for about 90 years. 
the reason why the Abbasids came into power was a simple one. By the end of the Umayyad dynasty, there were a lot of complaints about the way they ruled, the corruption of the rulers, and uh, the fact that there was plenty of discrimination against a lot of people, against non-Arabs, etc., etc. So the reasons for a revolution and a, and a rebellion that could uh, you know bring about that revolution was a simple one that you know the dynasty was quite corrupt and people would not be treated fairly which is one of the main mottos of the abbasid revolution with uh, the motto was arriba min ali muhammad which meant that you know rulership from the family of the prophet uh, what it meant in that case was that uh, to bring people from the family of the prophet who are rightful rulers or who are rightful people that can bring about an end to this injustice during the later stages of the Umayyad Empire. And the, the other thing was that the army, that the army that uh, started the rebellion was particularly, uh, you know, it, it particularly consisted of uh, non-Arabs, Turks and Persians who were the main, you know, uh, foot soldiers of that army. So that clearly signaled that they are going to bring that change and the change was, it was always there. The Umayyads lost most of their territories, but some of them managed to flee to Spain, and that is where they established an independent dynasty, which continued to rule for 400 years. It ruled from, uh, I would say, I think from 700 to 1080 before it, that too came to an end. And one common thing which every dynasty notices is uh, that you have strong rulers that can keep the empire together, and then you you you, you find that. Uh, there are certain successors that come at the declining period, at the decline, at the at the period of decline, that are not strong enough to hold the empire together, and that is when the empire starts to crumble. And this is something which is very common with almost every dynasty in the world. It, it, it doesn't need to be a Muslim dynasty; it can be any dynasty. That you have strong rulers that can hold the empire together, and then the successor, uh, by with the passage of time, the successors they turn out to be weak. They fail to hold the empire together, and that is where. Uh, most of the regions under their control, they go independent and the authority, the central authority just remains inside the capital city and at times even worse, it just remains inside the palace itself. Even in the capital city, the ruler has no real authority and most of the stuff is just carried out by the army or different people. And one common thing that I noticed with uh, a lot of empires was uh, that at the moment you give certain people outside the family a lot of authority, that is where the empires start to rot. Like with the Abbasid Empire, uh, the introduction of Turkic soldiers and the amount of, uh, you know, you can say authority and power that they were given at the start, that is what started uh, a, a sort of rot in the functioning of the empire. And this is something that, that, that can also be witnessed in nation states as well, that the moment you give the army a lot of power over, uh, over the general, you know, governance of the country, that is where the civilian democratic government is, you know, sort of compromised, and that is when a nation state itself, uh, you know, feels uh, moving towards uh, from, uh, from democracy to dictatorship. And uh, it's it's not one of those things that you can just see in the past, but it, it can also be seen in the present. So this is how the Abbasid Empire started to rot. Uh, after it, the, it were the Ottomans that came to the scene. Now, again, at the moment the Turkic army was introduced, that is where you can see the Turks playing a major role in, you know, in establishing Islam, in propagating Islam, and in <laughs> creating political dynasties for Islam. And towards the end of it, you can see them uh, carrying the banner of Islam all the way to Constantinople, and that is when 
they decided to in fact it didn't decide it was already decided that is where they came into full control and that is where they decided to build an, an even bigger empire for the sake of muslims by 14 in fact by 1500 something they were recognized as caliphs of the muslim world and once again it started with a very strong caliph uh, his name was sultan suleiman kanuni he, he was one of the uh, you, you can say one of the mightiest rulers of the world not just the greatest ruler of the muslim world but one of the mightiest rulers of the world but after his death once again the same thing happens that the successors are not as strong as the ones who created the empire and that is where it's gradually starts to decline and by the end of it it is finally removed if you take a look at the mughal empire itself uh, i think the mughal empire too had the same problem that after aurangzeb most of the rulers were quite weak so we that within a span of 15 or 20 years um, the mughals lost almost the major part of the territories that they had conquered during uh, or at least up till the time of aurangzeb so uh, the moment an empire reaches its zenith you need strong people to retain and to control what, everything that has been achieved and if such people do not appear uh, that is where things start to go away things start to crumble <laughs> that is it from my side right okay very uh like you you put the entire history in in like 10 minutes you know it's, it's like muslim history in a nutshell so uh, by the way it might this this session might uh, end because of the 40 minutes uh, limit so you guys can uh, you know click on the link again in case it's it stops so yeah, before we add any any further comments any anyone would like to say something uh, ibrahim hansa hamza anyone i don't really have anything to say right now because um i don't really know much about the islamic history or even history itself but uh, i think that that was a lot of information for me um to put that i <laughs> i haven't really read much about these things so i'm here more to learn so i don't yeah, think sure. i i would be able to contribute much but uh, i would really love to you know attend these sessions and maybe learn something it was great thank you okay thank you so much uh okay so okay so i would i would uh, you know for for the few people here uh myself included in a way so bilal what you what you described was a brief overview of the muslim history theek hai to usme bahut sari cheeze thi that might not have been clear to some people listening so i'll just i'll just clarify in in you know in layman terms some of the things right so we talked about the umayyad dynasty uh, dynasty we talked about the abbasid dynasty and you talked mentioned the ottoman empire so just to sort of clear the dust around it so the first islamic state okay was the prophet's state in madina itself right so hijrat ke baad uh jab prophet sallam aaye madina mein aur wo jo tha wahan tab se lekar un unke wasal tak jo wo taqriban 10 12 saal the that was the first islamic state that was the 
the prime time the golden age the the ultimate ideal okay uh and then after after he passed away so the matter of leadership was so important for the muslim community that even before the prophet sallam was uh, buried the discussion arose that who should be the leader uh, you know who should lead the muslim community and it was agreed upon that abu bakr radhiyallahu should be the leader okay like especially the the it was like abu bakr was pushed to the front by uh, by hazrat umar okay and he led the muslim community and then he was followed by three other uh, khalifas like uh, which which are hazrat umar usman and ali okay so these four caliphs together they make the rashidun caliphate as it's known in the history right and this stretches for about 40 years since the uh, since the passing away of the prophet peace be upon him okay and after the passing away of hazrat ali there was no fifth caliph okay fifth caliph was supposedly uh, hazrat As- uh, hazrat hasan uh, who was hazrat hasan was uh, the elder son of ali right but even during the lifetime of ali there was like he had contacts with muawiyah who was the governor of syria at that time and he was appointed as governor by hazrat umar himself right so he had some problems uh, there was you know there were like it's, it's a long history in itself there were issues with muawiyah and ali so after ali radhiyallahu anhu passed away so muawiyah made a deal as bilal mentioned with uh, hasan radhiyallahu anhu and he said he because there's going to be a lot of divisions you let me take over so after the four caliphs the umayyad because uh, muawiyah was from the umayyad family okay so it's called the umayyad dynasty so that's where the umayyads started okay and then uh, i'm not going to comment whether <laughs> the umayyad rule was very righteous or not they certainly uh, had positives and negatives okay <clears throat> so that's when the umayyad the uh, umayyad uh, dynasty started right and then they did things of course which were not very much islamic and then they sort of uh, discriminated people uh, based on whether they were arabs or not in terms of collecting taxes so there were certain issues okay so matlab is waqt mein if i just go through them it will be a bit of an oversimplification right so that is what started a revolt of the abbasids right they were the family of abbas Arazilan, and then they overthrew the Umayyads. They were other attempts to overthrow the Umayyads as well, which all failed. So finally, the one that succeeded was the Abbasids, right? And Abbasids like went on then to become the de facto head of the Muslim world for many centuries to come. Okay, and during the Abbasids, I mean, during the Khilafat-e-Rashidun and the Umayyads, the first two dynasties, it was the time where Islam expanded a lot. okay during the abbasids it did not expand as much it was more the age of knowledge you know matlab baghdad jo itna bada center of learning ban gaya usme imam ghazali aaye aur ibn sina aaye and all these big people that came around was waqt baitul hikma jo hai wo established hua the house of wisdom all of this because there were different cultures you know arab culture and non arab culture muslims and christians and jews they were all openly for the first time for the first time in history 
इट वॉज एन ओपन सोसाइटी इट वॉज एन मतलब आज हम एक लिबरल डेमोक्रेटिक सोसाइटी भी उतनी ओपन नहीं होगी जितनी उस वक्त अब्बास सोसाइटी थी इन टर्म्स ऑफ डिफरेंट यू गॉट इट राइट एंड बिटवीन मतलब ये बहुत ही टर्मोइल का वक्त था ठीक है जब अब्बास खत्म हुए और खिलाफत आसमानी शुरू हुई इसके बीच में का जो वक्त है उसमें बीच में ममलूक एम्पायर भी आया था सलजूक एम्पायर भी आया था और तरह तरह की चीजें हुई सो रुकैया स्टूडेंट ऑफ हिस्ट्री so i would like rokaiya to you know comment on what we have discussed you know you you're the most qualified one here rokaiya are you there hello All right I think she's having some uh, issues Any anyone else would like like to comment Ibrahim anything uh um the Bilal Hello Right huh hello uh Mr. Bus, uh, I'd like to say that this is very fascinating for me. This is this is the first time I'm getting to learn about this uh, in such a clear way. मतलब uh, so much information and uh, so clear to grasp all of it. So I'm really digging this. All right, thank you. And one of one of the one of the things which uh, Bilal has uh, mentioned. about ibn khaldun who was who's known as the first uh, historian who wrote uh, who wrote uh, al muqaddama al muqaddama by the way was not his main book it was an introduction to his main book like there's like many volumes of his of the book that he has written on human history uska jo introduction tha muqaddama literally means introduction so wo in itself ek bahut famous kitab ban gayi so that's uh, quite an interesting thing to know uh So yeah, that that's what he said. He there's three generations, uh, three sets of generations, right? That's what he said. He the first generation is the one who lives in harsh environment, who lives in the desert or the forest or in mountains in tough terrain. Okay, these are tough people, and these are the one who make a dynasty. These are the one who make a civilization. वो आते हैं और वो conquer करते हैं and they have the roughness and they have the endurance and the stamina. to start something to you know to 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 fight the existing dynasties which are on their downfall and and to establish a new rule right so these are the people who established the kingdom and then the next wave of generations come about who are the jo unki aulad hoti hai to jo inki aulad hoti hai wo pahadon mein nahi pale wo registan ki garmi mein nahi pale so they don't have the endurance and the stamina which uh, their parents had okay but they still have their upbringing theek hai to unke maa baap ki jo roughness thi uski unke maa baap ki jo 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 ek caliber tha uski tarbiyat unko mili hoti hai 
so they are able to sustain the empire that their fathers built that their that their forefathers built okay and once they sustain the the the, the empire to so empire expand hota hai aur jo ruling class hoti hai uske paas paisa badh jata hai uske paas luxuries badh jati hain aaram aur azaish badh jati hai to uske badhne ki wajah se kya hota hai ki ab ये जो सेकेंड थर्ड फोर्थ जनरेशन थी इनकी जो औलाद होती है इनकी औलाद तो लग्जरी में बड़ी होती है इनकी औलाद जो है नाजो में बड़ी होती है तो दे डोंट नो दाइफ ऑफ स्ट्रगल दे डोंट नो द लाइफ ऑफ हार्शनेस एंड एंड यू नो डूइंग हार्ड वर्क परसिस्टेंटली टू अचीव समथिंग दे डोंट नो दैट ऑल दे नो इज लग्जरी राइट दे आर डेल्व इन टू देयर डिजायर लास्ट एंड ऑल दो थिंग्स तो दीज आर दीपल जिनकी वजह से फिर उस डायनेस्टी का डाउनफॉल शुरू होता है ओके एंड दे आर नॉट वेरी कॉम्प्लेक्स एंड दे आर नॉट वेरी स्मार्ट एंड देन दैट्स हाउ दायनेस्टीज स्टार्ट टू डिक्लाइन एंड फॉल तो जब ये लोग फॉल कर रहे होते हैं देन अदर पीपल कम अराउंड जिनकी पहली जनरेशन होती है ऑफ हार्शनेस एंड एंडस एंड स्ट्रगल एंड देन दे टेक ओवर सो बेसिकली दिस इज दिस साइकिल दैट गोज ऑन एंड ऑन this is what ibn khaldun proposed in his muqaddama and if you read muslim history i, I actually sent the book lost islamic history it's a, it's an excellent book i'll send it again uh, so if you when you read that you will see that this is exactly what happened this is exactly what happened with almost every every civilization you know and parvez uh, you know yesterday he actually he actually said that he ने ये राज का एक जुमले में खुलासा किया कि कौमें कतल से नहीं खुदकुशी से मरती हैं यू नो तो व्हाट दैट मींस इज कि नो वन इफ यू आर स्ट्रॉन्ग योर सेल्फ एंड इफ यू आर दोज फर्स्ट टू थ्री जनरेशन देन नो वन कैन एक्चुअली राइट लाइक आपके अपने ही लोग कमजोर हो जाते हैं और आपके अपने ही लोग जो है वो केपेबिलिटी लूज कर देते हैं टू टू govern and and to establish a state so that's referred to as khudkushi in in rhetorical and poetic expression right that that's what happens so to how can we relate with all of this today you know we as muslims we as indian muslims living in this very specific context uh, how do we uh, what lessons can we take home you know from this i think personally for me it's it's you know matlab ये जो कॉन्सेप्ट है हमारे रिलीजन में फ्री विल का और अगर कुरान आप पढ़ें सिर्फ तर्जुमा भी पढ़ें तो अल्लाह ताला हमें कुरान की सही समझ अता फरमाए ये ये बात बार बार आती है कि अल्लाह ताला कहते हैं कि तुम्हारे तुम्हारे अमाल तुम अपने अमाल को देखो और अगर तुम्हारे अमाल अच्छे होंगे अगर तुम सरात अमाल अच्छे होंगे तो तुम्हारे साथ अच्छा ही किया जाएगा यानी अल्लाह की तरफ से जो फैसले आएंगे वो हमारे अमाल के मुताबिक आएंगे अगर हमारा अमल ठीक है अगर हमारा अमल अच्छा है भाई अमल वी डोंट जस्ट मीन स्पेसिफिक एक्ट्स बाई अमल वी मीन एवरी थिंग यू नो एवरी थिंग दैट वी डू द बिग पिक्चर ऑफ आर लाइफ एंड स्मॉल थिंग दैट वी डू एवरी थिंग यू नो आर एम एंड एवरी थिंग दैट एवरी थिंग इफ दैट इज इन लाइन विद विद राइचियसनेस एंड विद With an effort to establish the right order, then अच्छा होगा हमारे साथ. And we have the free will to do that, right? And if we don't, then 
उसका फिर नतीजा भी वैसे ही होगा राइट या दैट दैट्स अ वेरी एप लाइन बाय इकबाल दैट फंसा शेड थे तो आबा वो तुम्हारे ही मगर तुम क्या हो हाथ पर हाथ धैर्य मुंतजर फरदा हो राइट सो वी हैव टू यू नो वी हैव टू राइज इट्स लाइक अमल जो होते हैं ना जो खैर के अमल होते हैं और जो खैर की स्ट्रगल होती है इट्स लाइक इट्स लाइक सॉल्ट आज से एक हजार साल पहले आज से चौदह सौ साल पहले नमक की तासीर क्या थी ये थी कि वो खाने को नमकीन कर देता था आज क्या है आज भी है कि वो खाने को नमकीन कर देता है आज से दो हजार साल भी यही तासीर होगी कि वो खाने को नमकीन कर देगा तो जैसी नमक की तासीर नहीं बदलती इसी तरह से आमाल की तासीर भी नहीं बदलती है जो आमाल साहबा ने किए अगर हम भी उसी अमल पर आ जाए तो हम भी वो तमाम चीजें हासिल कर सकते हैं और वो तमाम चीजें यू नो वी कैन अकम्पलिश दैटाबाप्लिशन की नई याद आ रही है जिसका मफूम यह है कि दे स्ट्रगल उन्होंने अपने जान और माल की कुर्बानी दी हक के लिए राइट एंड अल्लाह का जो उसूल है उन्होंने उसूल तोड़ा उन्होंने क्या उसूल तोड़ा कि नबी की बात नहीं मानी तो बिजाय के कि वो नबी के अम्बिया के और प्रॉफिट्स के औलाद हैं यू नो उनके ऊपर जो है अल्लाह का गजब नाजिर हुआ और जो सहाबा हैं वो मुशरकून की औलाद हैं वो पॉलिटिक्स की औलाद हैं वो आइडल वर्शिपर्स की औलाद हैं लेकिन उन्होंने उसूल को पकड़ा उन्होंने नबी की बात मानी तो वो अल्लाह उनसे राजी हो गया राइट और अल्लाह ने दुनिया में भी कामयाबी दी और आखत में भी कामयाबी दी सो इट डजेंट मैटर वेयर वी कम फ्रॉम वॉट मैटर इज वॉट वी डू दैट वेयर वी आर गोइंग टू गो पर्सनली वॉट आई टेक अवे फ्रॉम दिस Uh, I would like to know आप लोगों से each one of you who's here कि uh, what what are the things that you have personally uh, learned and what you think we can learn from this and then inshallah we'll close the session. हेलो या ओके अली इब्राहिम हामदा यू नो यू यू गाइस कैन शेयर योर थॉट्स एंड देन विल क्लोज इनशाला हेलो यस आई एम जस्ट थिंकिंग एवरीवन इज थिंकिंग आई थिंक आई थिंक इट वाज आई थिंक इट वाज ग्रेट 
because usually uh, you know uh, this is the type of conversation that i have with elders usually like bade bu ke sath hota hai mere mamu hai ek artist hai mashallah to unke sath hote hain is tarah ke conversations but it was really nice um like this was the first time ki i was having you know i was a part of such a conversation and apne hum umr logo ke sath so i think it was great and i would really love to you know join agib inshallah so uh, i think that's it for me today yeah can you can you can you uh, share some some of your uh, own opinions on this and if there is you know something from your experience which you would say resonates with what uh, we have discussed or something like that yeah uh, especially the discussion that was going around with dark ages and wo sara wala jo part tha i had a similar discussion with my mom so like i told he is an artist right so unhone kaafi like art history mein the knowledge hai and mashallah uh, he is pretty islamic also to islamic history ki bhi unko kaafi knowledge hai to unse aksar jab bhi baat hoti hai to is bare mein discussions hote hain to wo bhi yahi sari baatein maine unse sun rakhi hain ki kis tarah se मुस्लिम्स का जो वर्क था उसको यूरोपियंस ने यूज किया देन दे सॉर्ट ऑफ रीबिल्ड देमसेल्व्स एंड देन टू कोवर एवरीथिंग सो या आई थिंक दैट वाज ग्रेट एंड मेरे बड़े अबू हैं ही इज ही इज अ प्रोफेसर ऑफ इस्लामिक स्टडीज सो इन एम यूट सो उनसे बात होती है जो दूसरे वाले तो उनसे जब भी डिस्कशन होता है थोड़ा बहुत हिस्ट्री वगैरह के ऊपर मुझे नाम याद नहीं रहते हैं असल में क्योंकि पढ़ा नहीं है बट right, right. इसी तरह के मतलब क्योंकि मुझे काफी डाउट्स रहते हैं बिकॉज पढ़ा चीजें पढ़ी नहीं है तो मैं उन्हीं से पूछती हूँ तो इस्लामिक हिस्ट्री के बारे में थोड़ा बहुत पता चलता है लेकिन यही है कि मुझे और पढ़ने की जरूरत है Right. I I really don't have anything to add because I don't know. No, that. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you don't have. To. All right. Thank you. You're most welcome. Yeah, Hamdabaji, you want to say something? No, I also want to thank her. Hamdabhi, um, like yesterday, I was talking to her, and she said, "Ki, you know, why don't you join uh, this club?" And I was like, "Yeah, I've heard of that." So she said, "You know, you should join that." So I was like, "Okay, I should do that." So thanks to her. Hamdabhi is the activist, the the women activist in our club. we cannot hear you hamza baji are you like i think your mic is uh, i don't know we can we can't hear you 
Hello. I think Abdullah Tareen Bhai has also joined us. Yeah. बड़ी I'm sorry I couldn't join in earlier. Uh, could someone give a summary of what what was covered? It'd be really nice. Uh, okay, so uh, people are uh, getting a bit uh, late because Alhamdulillah we have been uh, having the session for some time. So I'll I'll give a brief summary and then Bilal has the recording. So it will upload over here for our podcast, so you can listen to that. But I'll I'll give a brief summary and then I'll wind up in five minutes. so we discussed uh, we began the discussion by who exactly is a muslim right we, we we said you know muslims are not just muslims like even the first human was a muslim right and muslims have always been around uh, around you know anyone who followed the prophet of their time was a muslim uh, but over time as prophets uh, yes i'm zabaji you want to say something you're raising your hand you can always just unmute yourself and say something if you want to say something okay so uh yeah lekin uh, as prophets passed away uh, as prophet uh, passed away their teachings were manipulated it was changed right and then that led right to let uh, rise to different religions and over time those religions clashed amongst each other but uh, when the prophet sallam came uh, his scripture and his religion islam you know that has abrogated uh, everything else that was before it and the people who followed were uh, hello uh, yes yes you can hear me now yes okay awesome thank god okay so i was just saying that uh, hansa doesn't need to thank me at all because uh, it's a pleasure to have her here also um, so in the past week uh, me and khansa have been getting involved in a lot of conversations because uh, so the group that we belong to the fellowship group um we have people who are muslims i mean everyone is a muslim there but uh, they are uh, i mean i don't know if uh, it is uh, it is right to call them that they are just for the name sake right so the uh, kind of conversations we come across is like these people question quran and uh, you know the teachings that have been given um also their uh, feminist approach uh, you know make uh, makes them question everything that has been uh, mentioned in the quran and that naturally upsets me and khansa as well so i think this these kind of sessions are really important because uh, at the same time it uh, uh, it helps us getting the knowledge of what's right and what's our uh, history uh, our history and also helps us uh, you know in better understanding how we can defend ourselves or our religion in front of those people so for that uh, these kind of sessions play a crucial role i would say right, right. so 
I wasn't expecting that we will be discussing that here, but I think uh, it's great that you brought that up, Hamdapi. Because for the past uh, two weeks, I would say after like we had the session um, that I wrote about, maybe like uh, the article that I wrote about that you you've also read, Abdullah. So in that session, um, the terms like uh, reverse feminism and regressive and all of these type of words were used for the hijabis. And that was really upsetting. Yeah. So um, after that, we got into this discussion. Uh, like all the other fellows were also discussing these things. And uh, then I don't know how that uh, discussion, um, like it started from hijab. It went on to Quran and people over there, like in the group, they were even questioning Quran. Uh, like people were saying, hey, okay, I'm reading this and I really don't agree with all of these things. So that was quite upsetting. And it was more like, you know, um, it was especially upsetting because the group, it is supposed to be of Indian Muslim women and uh, Muslim women questioning Quran. So that was, you know, quite contradictory. Ki, you know, you're Muslims and uh, you're questioning Quran itself. Like, it's not that you're questioning someone's scholar or you're interpretation of someone's interpretation. You're directly challenging the Quran text. Then, uh, uske baad, I sort of realized that, you know, in logo ko answer to answer them, important that we have a lot of knowledge. Ho. हमें खुद भी काफी सारी चीजें पता हों, because हम सिर्फ ये um, reason उनको नहीं दे सकते कि because it's there in the Quran you can't change it. हम उनको ये वाली logic ये वाली explanation नहीं दे सकते। तो उसके लिए हमें खुद भी पढ़ना knowledge हासिल करना बहुत-बहुत जरूरी है। So this was an attempt towards that कि हम और सीखें और और समझें इस्लाम को इस्लामिक हिस्ट्री को सारी चीजों को ताकि ऐसे लोगों को हम एक बेहतर जवाब दे सकें राइट राइट आई थिंक इफ यू डोंट माइंड मी इंटरजेक्टिंग आई थिंक टू दैट इफेक्ट इफ यू कुड sort of make a make a list of topics that you like addressed we could make it a weekly thing to sort of look up on it and and discuss it on on this platform so that'd be nice yeah sure thank you yeah you can uh, you can send like you can write a small note in the group that'll be enough material for <laughs> the next session to follow inshallah Inshallah. Thank you. All, all right then. Uh, no, no thank yous in this group. You know, we are very good at Right, Hamza Baji, you can, you can testify to that. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Jazakallah khair, everyone, for... Uh, joining in uh bilal you have the recording so you can send me the recording and i'll upload it or you can upload it i'll, I'll give you the access all right uh okay may allah make this uh, beneficial for all of us uh, and uh, see you all next week inshallah assalamu alaikum